0: Hey, Lance Lambert here with Bovida in San Rafael, home of 420 and the Waldos, where it all began, hanging out with Nice Guys
1: Delivery, getting ready to do a live podcast. So, Welcome back to the Not Your Average Nice Guys podcast. We're here today with Lance Lambert from BovadaInc.com. Lance, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. So where where are you guys coming from? You were up up north, right? Up in uh, was it Humboldt? Yeah, yeah. We're actually
0: uh, right just south Garberville, right between Garberville and Piercy, and um, at Cooks, uh, right in Cooks Valley, at the campgrounds for Northern Nights. And so this is our second year of sponsoring Northern Nights. It's put on by Black Production, uh, a couple guys out of the Triangle, and um, it's a great event. You know, you get people together. Um, It's it's kind of like you know, Bonnaroo before it got big. Uh So it's not owned by MTV. It's not owned by Red Light. None of those big guys. It's just these few couple of guys, Black Productions, they have ties to uh, one log and one tree dispensary up there. And uh, they get some great groups together, mostly um, EDM, alt, but a little bit of, like Burner was up there from the Cookies brand and, Awesome. So a little bit of variety is nice. And the weather is great. You know, it can be kind of hot this time of year, but it was in the low to mid 80s during the day. And of nice. course, the mid 50s at night, Right, right. a little cold with the marine layer.
1: Where, where are you coming from? Where Where are you at these days? Because you're originally a Marine County native. I am. I for? am. Yes. This is where it all began for me, quite honestly.
0: So uh, I'm now based out of Southern California in a little town uh, just on the other side of the Santa Monica Mountains from Malibu called Thousand Oaks. Uh, it's just off 101 like you all are. And uh, it's just far enough away from LA because being a NorCal guy, like most uh, yeah. from this state, you either claim NorCal or SoCal, yeah. and so it's about as close as I could get to the NorCal vibe
1: while still being close enough to a big city for my travels. Okay, and so. and uh Boveda, are you guys? You got? We were. Are you guys based out of Minneapolis? Is that headquarters? that is true. So technically the
0: company started in a little town called Minnetonka. So um, if you have younger kids, or at one point did, the Tonka truck was started and founded. My parents had a house on Lake Minnetonka. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's a magical place. (laughs) I finally got to go there this year. And uh, so that's where it all started uh, about 23 years ago now. It and, was, uh, back when it was, was it Humidipack? It, yes, it started yes, out? it was Humidipack. It was the white and blue Humidipacks. Uh, went through a uh, rebranding um, about seven years ago now, give or take, and uh, transitioned into Bovida, which uh, by definition is just like a secure, safe place, uh, kind of like a safe uh, is the definition. So keeping hmm. things safe, keeping things fresh. That so that that's kind what of was
2: the original solution. intention of of the humidor. What you guys were doing was it for tobacco? Or it was. It was. So
0: just like I consider myself a connoisseur, uh, the founders are definitely connoisseurs with respect to cigars, mm-hmm. and so they were looking for something. It's a bit of a hassle to. Uh, make a trek or a travel or vacation with your humidor. Uh, even the smallest humidors are yeah, a little awkward. Can imagine. I think you're back in the, the back cubby.
2: in the 90s. For a second, people tried to grab those things around, yeah. didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they did, and
0: it was a little along with Looking the cell phones screen. of that yes. time. Right, was a exactly. little awkward. It was cumbersome. <laughs> Very true. So, um, and there's been solutions there for some time. There's been beads and sponges and all these things that do one way mm-hmm. as far as humidity control. So they put it out, but they can't regulate it spot on. And uh, so they met with a few very smart individuals, and uh, they came up with this design, and it is two-way humidity control. So it's a salt-based formula. So it's salt, water, and xanthan gum is a gumming agent. And um, based on the type of salt we use, we're able to regulate anywhere from 14% relative humidity as high as 95. Uh, But cigars was where it all began, Mm -hmm. and that was the first several years. Wow. That's interesting.
2: I mean, I I learned about you guys – with the last company that I worked for, a small oh, cool. delivery service. Back in the time when we were bringing pounds in, it mm-hmm. wasn't all prepackaged dates. And the, um, uh, my partner in crime in the, in the warehouse, he, he handled all the flowers. He's actually one, a, a nice guy now too. Oh, we cool. sort of He sort of introduced me to this. This is how we care for these pounds of flowers. And this yeah. is how even our joints had um, bovidas in them as well, mm-hmm. because that's how you care. And that's how you keep these sun-grown flowers fresh. Hundred percent. But I will say the name. I probably called them. Let's see. But first, <laughs> for sure, I called them bovedas, and then I was at. I remember doing a demo at Harvest, and one girl called them a boveda, and she yes. looked super cool. And I was like, then it must That's be a boveda.
0: It is um, interesting. Yeah, I can yeah. give a little insight to that because that comes up, and, and I do you know podcasts everywhere from Australia to Canada to to back here in the states, and uh, it's interesting, but it's definitely based on geographical location. So. Everything west of Colorado, traditionally here, Boveda, which is fine. Uh, and then Boveda, Boveda is the, the original, but they even put a little more emphasis on a B versus a V when you're in South America. So it's Boveda. So, oh, okay. because, right. in uh-huh. translation. So I've heard all kinds of iterations. I was doing a podcast up in Bellingham, the very North mm-hmm. end of Washington. And, um, he said, you uh, and I'd never nice. <laughs> said that's a new one. Nice. So, yeah, we don't care what you call us as long as you use us. We're, well, I we're think happy. Dan
2: and I made a commitment back
0: at the we met you, you at BizCon. MJ BizCon. And yeah, that I,
2: yeah. I, I wanted to say it right. I'm going to go. We're going to use yeah. these. You know,
0: I do feel weird saying it though, because to be honest, I'm same as you and grew up oh. in NorCal. We all have friends that are on both sides of, of the production. You know, ones that are getting licensed, right. and ones that are still in the shadows, and uh, they all say bovita So I do feel kind of like the odd man out when I'm saying it. Quote-unquote correctly.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's such an. I think that um, for me, learning about it individually and learning about it. So in this small, in that small space, as we were yeah. packaging flowers, and then realizing, well, then when I was really into a strain, like how was I going to keep my ounce that I was able to buy?
0: Definitely.
2: I'm not going to smoke it all in a week, and so I learned how to really care for that from the Bovadas as well. So yeah. I think it's. Um, I've been really interested in this idea of almost doing a how to smoke or how to consume like workshop. I think it would be. Kind of fun. I agree. And I think how to keep your flowers. It's been harder for, I think, people to come by the ounce in the in the white market, if you will say, yes. or the green market, the, the licensed market. It's been harder, right? We're, st- we're getting there, and I think um, I can see opportunities for people to buy bigger quantities at the retail level are finally surfacing as things are everyone's finding their way very true and how will you keep your ounce right how yep. will you keep you maybe can smoke through your eighth but if you're going to buy in bigger quantities it's it's important you made an investment in something amazing that makes you feel great
0: it's very true and that's your spot on you know that that is uh being friends with you know B, roy at bds Analytics or, Um, Or the guys up at uh, headset.io, you know, they both share stats on sales in the eighth by far is the top seller. But to your point, it's kind of tough to purchase a $50, $60 eighth when you see a $120 ounce special. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am a a medical advocate. I don't claim to be an activist. um, So it's open hand, not closed fist when I'm (laughs) chanting. But it is one of those things where I'm the same way. I am a microdoser, and I'm not a large consumer. I do have friends that could blaze through an ounce in a, in a week or maybe mm. a matter of a sure, few yep, days. Yep, yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. And,
2: <laughs> and you know, cheers to them.
0: Right? Yes. Yes. Props <laughs> to them for making it part of their life. But it's, to me, it's never been so much a lifestyle as it has been um, a replacement for Western medicine. And this mm-hmm. is one thing where we got to spend some time with Kevin Jodry, who's a good friend and um, you a know, very respected individual in the industry as well. And both of us have that same position of respecting it uh, as an alternative to Western medicine because that's become pushed on us so much, especially mm-hmm. in the States, but other Commonwealth countries like Canada and Australia I go to where there's a heavy push for Western medicine. I, I more so prefer holistic. It's easy for those of us from Northern California, a lot of Asian influence in San Francisco and the greater Bay Area, sure. um, to look at things more from an Eastern medicine perspective or a holistic medicine <clears throat> Excuse me, perspective. It's, certainly,
2: more, it's <coughs> certainly readily available. Yes, very here. true.
0: And so I'm like you, even when I'm gifted, because it is nice that we're able to legally be gifted up to an ounce of cannabis here. So when I have friends that grow that gift me, I'm the same way. I mean, I have reserves from two seasons ago. Uh, when skittles was still pretty hot Mm -hmm. now the triangle uh from prairie farms love them nice small boutique farm up in the triangle and that's the only way that i could preserve them now of course oxidation and and a little bit of browning occurs over Mm -hmm. time but at least Mm -hmm. the fact that i know that the terpenes and the quality of the cannabinoids inside are retained Mm -hmm. that's what's most important to
1: me so yeah that's where i found the benefit before i even worked here that's why it's so easy
0: to be an advocate once i came on
1: yeah how how long does a pack typically last like what does it does it vary strain by strain does there I'm, I'm really curious who who uh you're who, who should be using this
0: yeah it's an excellent question so <clears throat> it does kind of vary and it's very uh subjective right so I was out in Maui uh for to speak at a campus convention in January and there's quite a few growers out there again some are transitioning uh, others have already become fully licensed LPs and uh there's a town uh, that's actually, uh, they see about 120 inches of rain a year. Um, it's Haiku, which is on okay, the other side yeah. of mine, My right? There. Yeah, and so they're dealing with quite a bit of humidity, <laughs> almost same as if you were in Kauai or if you're up in Snoqualmie. Mm-hmm. And so for those kind of places, I have individuals that have told me they've had the Bovida Packs lasting for anywhere from a year to two years is that right? in wow. use, which is that for right? us, yeah, for us, we, we use overwrap and we let people know. From a shelf life perspective, when it's new in the overwrap last two years. So, for me to hear that uh, is quite interesting because it tells me that it's regulating not only bringing
1: it up on the drier days, but bringing it down uh, yeah. on, on the wetter days. When you, what do you mean when you say overwrap? Is that the, the packaging? Like, yes, so okay. the
0: packaging is something that. So, before here, I was actually director of media at Weed Maps. Uh, I'd first interacted with Bovida when, um, being a part of the cannabis out in Colorado, but got more involved with them when I was at Weedmaps. And, um, it's one thing I brought up with them before coming on. I said, you know, I, I love that you're sending me sample packs and I can seed my team and, and provide it, but I just having to put them in little baggies in order to give them okay. to individuals and explain to them, you can't let it just sit out on the table. It, it will dry out cause they'll try to yep. normalize this entri- entire mm-hmm. room. So, uh, thankfully they did come up with over wrapping them essentially with like a silophane Mm -hmm. And that's what allows it to be preserved. But to go back to answering your question, there are some instances, uh, I'd say low desert, even some high desert instances, but, you know, Phoenix, um, Palm Springs, Las Vegas, where uh, because it is so dry and the relative humidity just in the overall ambient environment is so low that it could be as little as four months that you would actually see it as far as the shelf life in use. When
2: you, and then then how do you determine, like, the ones we used, um for the pounds of flowers we used bigger ones and like what how do you know is it on your website or how do you know what size for what thing like is this for my eighth this sort of this one's double a postage stamp size that
0: is so that is for an eighth right there those are one grammers. so we have from one gram all the way up to a 320 which are these larger good for up to five pounds or two and a quarter kilo okay and the ones that you were seeing in your pounds were probably the 67 gram which are good for a pound and uh it is on the website and uh of course you can't over-humidify it with them, too. That's the magic. So That was my next question. Yeah. We have some individuals, uh, Mercy Wellness just up the road is an example, where they'll actually use our four-gram packs with eights. Uh, So, of course, it'll just help keep that perfect ambient longer. Mm -hmm. But also what people do, it's kind of a hack for consumers in a good way, is they'll take that pack out of that eighth purchase, and then they'll use it in their stash. Mm. And we've heard a lot of that in Canada, too, right? When it was still medical, these these patients would be purchasing from partners of ours like Aurora and, and Tilray. And um they would keep the packs and actually use them in whatever reserves they had sure. at home. Which is awesome. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wow.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I need to um yeah, these are great. I love I, I think it's really uh it's important when you're making this investment, to take care of it. And I 100%. love that you can. Do
1: you, yeah. do you guys sell mostly direct-to-consumer or B2B? Like, what what is – I imagine a little bit of both, right? Is it that, is. It's a good balance.
0: We're very fortunate in that we are the manufacturer. Uh, we're based out in Minnesota, like we discussed. Our ma- manufacturing facility is in Wisconsin, but everything's American-made. We're very proud of that. Very cool. And uh, we do – sell a lot of product to uh, the B2B side. We have a lot of distributors and um, wholesalers, actually around the world, we're on every continent, technically except wow. for Antarctica. <laughs> so we have um, you know, clients in Asia, clients in South America, Australia, you name it. Uh, but having said that, we do have quite a bit on the direct side too. So I'd say Amazon is one of those primary, but Amazon, mm-hmm. eBay, even Walmart's website. Uh, and I run into individuals, again, maybe more so home growers, you know, the six plant or less kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're definitely fans of being able to go on Amazon yes. and order all their other product exactly. and, <laughs> you know, free shipping can't beat yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good balance, I'd say between, you know, it, but we like having that direct relationship with the consumer. You know, we have a social media team and a phenomenal marketing team that keeps that
1: conversation open and make sure everyone understands how it all works.
0: Yeah. Cool. So.
1: What uh, what other industries do you guys serve? You guys are—I know you started in tobacco. I think yes. there was something with musical instruments. Yeah, definitely with
0: music. We got so we
1: got into uh,
0: cannabis about twelve years ago, but along the way, we actually got into musical instruments. So we work with Taylor Guitars is one of our clients, and uh, so we maintain the warranty for all Taylor, which is the number one acoustic guitar manufacturer, and uh, so that's uh, 49% is typically what wooden instruments like Hmm. to maintain, so that's our top seller there. Uh, it's maybe a little soon to share, but we're also working with uh, another little guitar company called Fender, which is pretty popular <laughs> with uh, with some of these yeah, guys that prefer them. the electric. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can find them. So we were very excited about that, but it's um, it's all about maintaining that consistency and quality in what people are passionate. So wait, about.
2: So we do just throw the, I mean, do you just throw the bow in, in there, like yeah. How we how we
0: have a, a little uh, how, carrier. How do you set it up? Yeah, okay. there's a little carrier that goes That's in. It's it's quite clever. So I'm I wish I knew how to play the guitar jealous of people that do it so cool but uh, we have a little uh, device so this little piece that actually just goes in and fits right underneath the string so it's able to apply that relative humidity right there within the oh, wood wow. and uh, yeah we're talking about some very high end uh, it's even segued into cellos and, and um, violins and yeah. other wooden instruments wow. uh, we segwayed into brass instruments so we have uh, also a product that has a high wicking so it has a higher absorption rate so it can hold more like these can hold up to 40-45 percent of their own water weight but we have ones that are even higher so, you put them in with your brass instrument, and if you're not able to clean out all of the. Yes, <laughs> I did flute perhaps. Yes, I know so what you, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, disgusting. I won't get too graphic. <laughs> it is, but um, you know, you can clean out the trap, but there's still going to be a little bit of moisture and condensation. <laughs> That's kind of an enemy to metal, right? That's yeah. what starts uh, that little nemesis rust to, to working. And so, uh, we even dabble in that as well. But That's we've amazing. gotten into all kinds of things. I feel Food like your tagline
2: and... should be protect your investment. I mean yeah, that really, really is, like is, yeah. your yeah. beautiful guitar, your instrument that matters to you. Yep. Your cannabis. We've used
0: that like protect your craft, you know, protect yes. your passion. I mean these are all things you think about it. People that are uh, very passionate about music, very passionate about cannabis or about cigars. These are all connoisseurs in their own right. They're all passionate individuals in these elements. Uh, the things that I'd say are a little bit more utilitarian. Uh, you know, we're working with like a beef jerky company, you know. So oh. you see the silica ca- packs yeah, that yeah, come yeah. in just like your tennis shoes. Those things, again, they're just one way. They're just keeping that environment dry. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you don't want beef jerky too dry because – you know, especially yeah. the older we get, the, the more important our teeth are to us. So we're able to keep that perfect <laughs> level <laughs> so you aren't ripping your right. teeth out. Uh, we've even sent uh, Boveda to space. We worked with NASA on a project really? for maintaining relative humidity. That's wow. probably one of the How'd more proud moments. It went phenomenally well. Uh, and that's when we explain to people that everything needs to have. We need to have uh, a relative humidity in order for our skin to not be too dry, in order for us to not obviously, you know, be constantly mm. sweating. And it's yeah, all
1: those things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so w- what is the relative? What is the preferred relative humidity for cannabis? W- what are? What do you guys recommend?
0: Definitely. Well, you know, we go by ASTM standards. It's an uh, international. Uh, you know, measurement system, yep. it's been around, this organization's been around for over 100, uh, actually 120 years now. And so they found the ideal standard is between 55 and 65% RH. Uh, so I'll start with the, with the high end of that spectrum. You really do want to keep uh, any flower or biomass below 65% in this instance, because that's when you can have the potential for microbials and mold. Uh, that's where, as much as there's similarities between uh, this plant and tobacco, say, Uh, You know, the way that it's graded, the way that it's dried and cured, believe it or not, it's quite similar. That's something I learned before. You know, I didn't know that before coming on this company. But uh, the difference between the two is tobacco has nicotine, and nicotine is this natural agent that prevents microbials and mold from growing, not in cannabis, right? So that THC doesn't help, CBD, CBG none of the cannabinoids help prevent that. So it's really important to stay below that 65%. Uh, That's what we consider the danger zone. The other end of the spectrum is a little more subjective. Uh, I do know some individuals, especially, again, old-school guys that typically keep their their flower a little bit drier, uh, they might keep it down like a 30 40 range but what has been found at least by stm is when you do get below that 55 percent, is where you can have a problem of, of trichomes drying out oh, okay. and that's where all the magic happens as mm-hmm. we know i mean it's not just the cannabinoids it's the terpenes for those of us that respect the yeah you yeah know, the Absolutely. true entourage effect right so uh, we're actually getting ready to share some more insight uh, for all to see via animation that shows this that when those trichomes oh, yeah. obviously Get a little fatigue; they start drying out, they break off. And yeah. I am not against anyone who loves collecting keef and, and keef in their joints and all the. Re- but again, that's not me. I, I am all about the whole plant experience, and I want to be able to experience it the way that it was meant to be. So uh, that's why it is imperative that you really don't go below that mark because you start losing the the quality and, and maybe losing the entourage experience.
1: Interesting. Now. Can let's say I purchased a pack for tobacco, right? Can I put that same pack in the like in my cannabis um, packaging, or it, does it is it determined based on the the salt content here? So they're I'm assuming they're yeah. different, right? Is that yes, it?
0: yeah, they're different types of salts. The nice thing is that you know we're FDA, we're a GMP, uh, everything you could imagine, ISO, obviously ASTM, we're, we're all approved, and and um, everything is all food grade. So anything can be mixed and matched. Uh, the thing with tobacco RHS is, is, though, they start at that higher end. So they start at 69, 72, 75. Now we don't recommend it, but there are people who are smart enough who own hygrometers, which is the mm-hmm. way for you to test relative humidity, uh, that will uh, step into the 69 or 72 range just to get their flower kind of fluff back up. Okay. Uh, that's typically more so on the back end because it we won't get into some of the games that people play with excessively drying for testing and all the rest of it but there are some people that they just feel safer storing at a drier relative humidity because they know if there is any exposure to moisture they still have that bigger gap between them and the danger zone so that is something that uh, again we know a few guys that that they'll double in the 69, 72 now on the flip side if you do have cigars Cubans very much love to be at a 65 whereas most cigars I'd say the popular sweet spot 72% RH so they definitely swoop up on on our product <laughs> and, and they'll get the 62 because it's closer
1: to that that lower end that cubans typically like cuban cigars so so um so there you're know, the flowers is not going to get harmed by sitting in the pack package with the pack then i'm assuming right because it's all right. like you said food grade it's all. E-
0: exactly. It is. And it's one thing, you know, we've heard some people with their opinion on um, sticking to tradition. I mean, we all know or I'll admit my younger years before uh, even Prop 215, you know, occasional moist paper towel or I know mm-hmm. people that still yep. utilize tortillas or orange peels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the dangers that come with that, and it's not just from being too high a relative humidity. But even again, just being a can of sewer, the cross-contamination. I mean, you're talking about a yeast-based product that is tortillas. You don't want that in your flour. Uh, talking about terpenes. Uh, I mean, it's okay for oranges to have those terpenes, but that's not terpenes traditionally found. Now, if it's limonene, that'd yep, be a different right, story, right. right? But that's re <laughs> contamination. Uh, but some people talk about the, um, the slight difference in smell in the headspace, and that's been an important topic that we're trying to educate on. Uh, what happens with maintaining that proper relative humidity is we actually create a monolayer over the flower. So it sequesters the terpenes, which obviously is where a lot of that smell, terpenes and flavonoids, yep. where we get the smell of cannabis from. So it actually suppresses it and keeps it within the bud. So interesting thing is, yes, it might be a little bit milder on the nose, but as soon as you grind it, the interesting thing is it smells like it just came off cure. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that's always impressed me. And It's tough, though, right? Because just like when you go into a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant that doesn't have images of the food you're eating, you're kind of offended. You're like, what kind of menu is this? I can't even see the the BLT or the chicken sandwich. It's kind of the same thing in this industry. We've put in so much emphasis, especially back in the black market days, on the smell. But then if you look at other industries, so even talking about the plant as a whole. So we have cannabis, we have Ruralaris, and then we have this other little cousin over here called Hops. Right, Mm -hmm. And so if you know anyone in that industry, when they're purchasing hops at scale, and you've seen it even on, um, gosh, what was it? It was a Samuel Adams commercial, I believe, where they're talking about where they source their hops and the guy takes one, grinds it up in his hand, Uh and then smells the terpenes and the flavonoids. I really hope that eventually this industry gets that point to where it's not just judging the product by the smell or even by sight but judging it by how it affects you uh, how it how it interacts with your mm-hmm. endocannabinoid system does it help with for me my ankle and knee pain from years of water skiing and cross country does it help you with that that sleep issue you've been mm-hmm. having or mm-hmm. with a food issue that's mm-hmm. been going on you know those things are what really matter is the end result not always that initial punch in the face if you will you know mm-hmm.
1: so fair enough yeah. fair enough it's
2: yeah that was a good, that's a good reminder too about the about yeah. the, the the first sniff on that flower too, yeah. and then yeah, you just because struck a nerve with me. On the you just you <laughs> got the wheels turning for me on that one in a whole other. Yeah, it just, thank just, you. I get
0: it. I understand. I was the same way when I was You know, I always oh my gosh, <laughs> this smells fire. This smells fantastic. Yep. Yeah, this, yep. you know, but then I've smelled some stuff that. Smelled phenomenal and then just fell on its face uh-huh. on delivery. Then on the flip side too, where things I'm like, oh, Where it's a it smelled a little
2: like gosh, it yeah. feels like hmm, Yeah, this one's okay.
0: kinda earthy. It smells a little like it smells outdoor. I I can yes. sense a little bit of, you know, a good phenogeno. But then all of a sudden I consume I'm like, oh, my gosh, it smells better or tastes better. and yes. right. It feels better than anything else yes. that I've, I've had. I've discovered so, that quite a bit lately. Right? Actually, yes. It's a very interesting anomaly. Um, but I think the world will come around. Just like coming around to understand what terpenes uh, best interact with your body. I mean, I'm immersing in, in you know, pining. I guy. do. So, in the
2: pine. yes, I mean, no. it's.
0: I'm an evening. I, I want the pain to just go away. I want yes. a good night's sleep. I know what terpenes work for me. I'm, I'm a huge fan of harlequins and ACDCs Ooh. and CCQs. Did you smoke the
2: R-C-D-D? bubonic um, mimosa?
1: I did. I did. That's a great cross. I'm surprised it's not more popular.
2: So they are doing, we've had it in recently. I think it's going to come in again next week, but the pining, I I felt, I was like, wait, I'm in the form.
1: (laughs) It's not fantastic. The pining on the end
2: of that one was just really special. So maybe I had to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: so cool. Um, do Do you find that people use your product during the curing process and drying, or is it, or is it more so for like the storing storage? Do you, be like, what do you, yeah, what do you find? A little bit of both? So it is a little bit of
0: both. One thing that we've recognized, and again, I knew this, I cheated, I kinda knew a little bit before coming off the company a few years back, but uh, there's some people that use this proactively and some use this reactively. And they both are very respectful in the manner in which they use it. And so the ones that use proactively, not so much on the dry, most people seem to have that in check, Uh, and that's global, not just domestic as well, Mm -hmm. where most people, they're able to have that controlled environment, keep it at an ambient 65, 70 degrees, keep it at about a 50, 55 RH, uh, so that they're okay with. Where we come into play is fine-tuning the cure. So you still go through that process. I mean, most drive for let's say seven to 10 days. I'm just gonna generalize the process. Uh, and then we cure for, you know, maybe 10 to 14, some as high as 21 days. So that first week you're still, you know, you're burping, you're getting out the chloroform and such. Where we see people use us proactively as they incorporate us more towards that second week. Okay. And again, just fine tuning when all of a sudden your RH starts bouncing around a little bit. The nice thing about it is, to your point, is you can transition right into storage. So it's not that you'd use one pack. 58% is more popular. That's the one I prefer because it keeps me closer. I like spot on 55 for cure. So it keeps me closer to that. But I know that I can just take that, put it in a closet, and again, let it just Mm -hmm. sit as a reserve for a prolonged amount of time so that's what most do on the yeah. reactive side again i'll, I'll kind of pick on what's been a practice for many uh over the years especially <laughs> as testing came into play is a lot of people do go uh quite far down i, I know some guys it as low as five to ten percent relative humidity wow. one thing they don't understand now while that that might enhance Uh, Of course, the the testing results specifically on THC Mm -hmm. because it's tested on overall weight, so the relative percentage is going to be higher. Seem to see about five to seven points out of doing that practice. Something happens, though. Uh, It starts happening around that 50-55, but it really triggers off at 40 where once you allow that much of bound water weight, or what we call AW, uh, so active water within the biomass, once it gets down that low, it's really hard to get back up. And it's something you cannot accomplish. I've seen guys try it with tortillas. I've seen guys try it with uh, moist paper towels Mm -hmm. or just a heavy, humid, uh, artificial humidified environment. You really need to scale it up progressively, and it takes time. I mean, we've tested with 20, 30%, and it can take several days to get it back up into the mid 50s, high 50s. Uh, so it is something where that is the reactive. So when people go too low, I've had guys, Emerald Cup is a good example. You know, Tim and Taylor's event right up the street from yeah. you guys, oh, yeah. right? It's just with Taylor yesterday at, at the event. They throw a great show, and you get these individuals, um, again, from both sides that come out of the hills that you only see once or twice a year. And there's a mm-hmm. few guys I know, little outlaws. <laughs> I'll say, you know, kind of that mentality. And they'll walk by the booth. They won't say, hi, how are things? How you been? They come by and they just say, hey, you saved my butt this season. That's li- their only, and I know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're yes. saying they let it sit. They kept it what they thought was safe. It got too low. Nothing would bring it back except for Bovida. so uh, even the ones that use this in a reactive manner still have a huge respect for them, because they know their craft, they just, they kinda kind let of let it get away from fascinating. That's yeah. something I
2: didn't know mm-hmm. that much about. That's interesting. Yeah,
0: it is, because if not, you have to send it off to get squeezed. That's a downside, is all of a sudden you're taking it, you know, uh-huh. thankfully we're getting our, our price per pound back up. Nationally, wholesale, it's $1,200. we are a little bit higher in California, thanks to quality in Appalachia's, but... It's one of those things where if, if you can't get it off the ground, then you're going to have to send it off to oil. And all of a sudden, you just cut your value per pound in half, if not less. So they really respect that this could mean a difference of thousands of dollars in swing mm-hmm. on your net end of season. And with yes. these guys wow. treating it more like a business than ever, those kind right. of things are starting to matter. So Fascinating.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so. let's hear a little bit about your childhood. We're, we're in <laughs> San Rafael now. or y- 420 got yeah. started so I'm curious I want to know what it was like growing up here in Marin that's what really excited
0: me you know I've uh, again been on so many shows and, and even do this weekly Sirius XM bit and yep. my childhood never comes up it's always everything starting <laughs> in college <laughs> so tell us about your childhood exactly <laughs> it was good times um, and it, I mean it's fun talking about school I studied criminal law in college so that's an exciting thing too because people are like how did you end up I here wa- yeah I wondered about so that a- transition <laughs> that was an interesting segue but Uh, As far as my childhood, I would say that growing up in Marin County was a huge factor in me being open-minded to the opportunity. Uh, I grew up on Oak Springs Drive, which is uh, back in Sleepy Hollow, little kind of edge of San Anselmo, as you all know, but mostly country doesn't. Just miles from here, right? And uh, it was nice, you know, went to school at San Dominican College, San Dominico. <laughs> there as a little kid. Wow. And then uh, transferred, I'm kind of dating myself here, but transferred to Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow uh, School, elementary school. Um, but this was, po- I'm Gen X. And obviously, baby boomers were a little bit higher population than my generation, so they shut down Sleepy Hollow. So I transferred to Brookside. And, uh, but one thing I will say, growing up in Marin in the 80s. It's so funny. I watch Stranger Things and it it Mm. takes me back to that because they're a little bit older than me, relatively speaking. You know, they're 12. I was about nine where they're at in that series. But uh, it does bring back the memories and, you know, um, United Market and the, the mall and yeah, hanging out on <laughs> Sir Francis Drake and Walden books. Yes. Yeah, so much of that. It's so cool. But it was a great time. You know, it, it was something that when I'm younger, when I was younger compared to what my mindset is now, um, I used to kind of make fun of the hippies. I have to admit, you know, I mean, my mom <laughs> ate nine grain, 11 grain bread and she's eaten this stuff called hummus, which I think was smashed chickpeas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stuff I didn't know anything right. about. I'm like, what is this? And, uh, and now, all of a sudden, here I am drinking kombucha and <laughs> eating grade, But that was what it was like here. You know, you really had a lot of, um, you know, that generation that came out of the 60s in San Francisco, and they moved to places like Marin County, uh, Mendocino, Santa Cruz, Berkeley. Uh, but this is one that is still closer to the epicenter of yep. everything that happened in the 60s. But it was kind of protected. And that's one thing I don't think people step back and look at how much uh, the Bay Area has grown, uh, not just by populace, just in general. And um, BART obviously contributed some of the growth, the highways. But Marin County is one place where BART doesn't come. Marin mm-hmm. County is one of those places that's kind of been protected, and you have to go over the gate to get into the city. And it's, it's kind of um, a little frozen in time, a little bit, compared yep. to yep. the mm-hmm. peninsula I compared to for, East uh, Bay. Absolutely. Right. So to come back here and see that, you know, United Market and see all the things I grew up with and, you know, driving by Sir Francis Drake, which is where I would have gone to school if I did stay here. Um, you know, I, I just think it was great times, you know, it mm-hmm. was just a, a fun generation, a fun decade in general and to be here at the epicenter. Yeah.
1: Are you at all surprised based? So it's it's been a slow process here in Marin, you know, yeah. the legalization and we've been adult use since April. Mm-hmm. And are are you at all surprised that it's taken time for things to get going yeah. here? Or?
0: I, I am. There's several places, you know, it's it's a little tough because while, uh, you know, I, I really hedge my bets on the fact that Prop uh, 64 was going to pass. And it did, and you know we're just under 70 percent. I think it was 67 yep. in majority vote. But when you look at the numbers, you have about 76 percent of the municipalities, counties, and cities across the state that still have um, established some sort of referendums or some sort of block uh, to the legalization. So the people have spoken, but again, unfortunately, our government hasn't fully listened. Uh, I think Marion County is one of those where it's a little disappointing because you're right. I mean, this is people that just now people are starting to learn we talked about it before starting here uh, with the Waldos you yep. know these guys they it's where 420 all began I mean literally San Rafael High School yes. it's just a few miles but, from where we are exactly. right now right and so uh, for them to start that and obviously the whole time with the Grateful Dead and, and becoming You know, I mean, we're looking at it as potentially being an official holiday of this. It already is, you know, as far as we're concerned. But the the masses, the the general public and the news outlets are saying it should be an official. But this is where it all began, you know, and that story speaks volumes of uh, just how the culture and lifestyle was here. It's very accepting. But when you do look at it, again, from more of uh, the municipality standpoint, the way that they've handled uh, cannabis in general. I've had friends that uh, one friend was a neighbor. Actually, he stumbled upon his babysitting uh, neighbor's child, uh, was friends with the father. And he wanted to get a drink out of the fridge in the garage, which was quite common. When we were kids. We always had that overflow fridge. And he stumbled across the dad's grow up that was mm. in his garage. And this is right here in San Rafael uh, uh, back in the late 80s. And, um, of course, you know, the, the child was trying to, oh, yeah, did you see anything? No, I didn't see anything. Because you know, he stopped him right at the door but of yep. course, he saw what was behind it. So the father said something to him, and uh, he's like, you're not going to say anything, are you? He's like, no, not at all. He's like, I actually, I consume, you know, so many words he told him. Uh, so lo and behold, this individual happened to have a few other homes that he was growing out of. So uh, there was an employee that worked for this guy. Uh, I don't know what he was on, but it wasn't cannabis. Came by and thought he was going to hold up one of the houses little did he know it was a house that they had already uh, pulled down so yeah. no crops uh, uh, the mailman saw these three individuals in ski masks. you know what's going on of course called the cops uh whole operation was busted so two homes seized um thankfully the the home the garage where they, the residence was was not um but what marin is known for doing is so they seize and don't prosecute. So they had seized the property. They had seized, of course, the goods on site. Um, but they didn't prosecute because they didn't want uh, that attention on Marin County. Because you, Interesting. Right? So the stats, you know, where's the highest murder? Where's the highest theft? Where's the mm-hmm. highest rape? This is how people judge where they're going to live. And, mm-hmm. and that's how they base the value of property and all the rest of it. So Marin County has been very clever over the decades on suppressing uh, things that are tied even to this industry, uh, because I don't categorize this as a Schedule One. It didn't make sense. Right, I was in right. college when I learned about yeah. all Schedule One drugs, I'm like, it's like Sesame Street. You know, <laughs> three what of these, these kids are doing the not same. Like the other. One exactly. of these, exactly. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so funny. knowing the history in that respect, I wasn't too surprised uh, the way Marin went about it. But I wish they would more so embrace it. I wish yep. they'd be more like Mendocino County. Yeah. And again, versus Humble Wouldn't it
2: be so great if we had really been really innovative, right, yep. and had an, yep. had people being willing to be – I feel really grateful that our, the woman who does the San Rafael Cannabis Program, we did a podcast yep. with her, yep. nice. Danielle, she is very modern and bright, and she – thank heavens she's here, and she got these licenses going. But it, I feel like Marin could have been one of the stars on the map.
0: I agree. I, I mean, agree. I mean, it's not
2: that it can't be, but, you know – The same, you know, San Francisco started, you know, in more, you know, they just started saying yes, and
1: yeah, it, yeah, it's, and we need to start
2: saying yes. It's surprising
1: to see how misinformed people are because they're still so Fairfax. I think they're on their like eighteenth meeting to consider (laughs) ordinances and things. I know in Novato they they had a meeting a couple months ago, I think two months ago, and I was watching it and. They, they had no idea that San Rafael was operating and had licensed programs. And yeah. this was like two months ago. Really? And yeah, they were just so misinformed. I, I misinformed. It really, is probably really the best blew my word. mind. It's just. Yeah. And
2: what I will say, I guess to your point, I think that's a great, when, you know, you said you were growing up and maybe your mom was maybe on more of the hippie-ish side. I think yeah. that those people, those sort of base Marin people that we all kind of, I've, and you know, I think before I moved here, that's who I thought Marin was. Mm-hmm. Those people are not going to go to the city council meetings. They no. are over it. They've been smoking and consuming. They yeah. use it as medicine. Same as it always
0: was, right? Exactly, and yeah. they're
2: not going to go. It doesn't, it doesn't occur to them that they need to. So it seems that really the vocal and a little off, uh, uh, you know really vocal and very misinformed people are the ones yeah. who are going and it's painful it becomes very painful to listen I, at those you. meetings of yeah. the misinformation and then you I can understand how easy it is to throw your hands up
0: yeah I, I totally get it too and I agree with you I mean I, I now look at uh Santa Rosa I kind of references a gateway to the triangle it's really mm-hmm. that yeah I stop sure. before the hill climb you know yeah. and uh it very much could have been Marin. I mean, this yes. is where you're, you're coming out of the city, especially for individuals flying in for events and such. I mean, y- you kind of have to pass through here to yep. get up to where I the mean, magic happens. Us, and
2: just just now since April, thank heavens since April, but we've only been able to be serving the tourists since April. Yeah. I mean, if you had a medical card, but that was – so, yeah, yeah, right? We should have been that, but we'll get there eventually. But I think you will. It is interesting how – How it's gone.
0: Hopefully it'll come around. You know, energy goes where the money flows. That's one thing I always reference when talking about anything to do with politics. And that's why, uh, you know, talking on this weekly show... Uh, it's a Canadian-based talk show on SiriusXM, and uh, it's interesting, but I say it's a nonpartisan. You know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I went out and lobbied. I'm on Attach, uh, American Trade Association for cannabis and Hemp, and uh, we were out there uh, lobbying for the States Act, log- lobbying for the Safe Banking Act, which you all and us as Absolutely. an ancillary company are affected by. Mm-hmm. And so we are lobbying for that, along with uh, discussions around 280E, it need to be known as well. But it's interesting because uh, it really is, it's a nonpartisan. It's not even so much a bipartisan. I mean, there's... The, the Democrats and the liberals, which I think have been the ones that have been o- open-minded mm-hmm. all this time, I mean, getting to spend um, you know, time with some of the senators that have been pro, you know, blooming out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, he's, he's been pro since before I was born. So he was a legend to, to hang out with mm-hmm. them in D.C. while he's out there. But the Republicans, too. I mean, you have some—McClintock, Re- I mean, from California. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most vocal about um, you know needing to move things forward on a federal level. So, it, it, everyone's getting on board. I think it's kind of ironic that you see more of that collaboration and um, in that effort at the top level versus at this local mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. where to your point, like mm-hmm. grounds again, mm-hmm. this is where 420, be, hello people, like this is where right, a right. big movement mm-hmm. began, you know, what, five decades, four decades yeah. ago? Yep. So, that's yeah. crazy.
1: So that it's a, a good segue into, uh, uh, I noticed you did the cannabis catch up, right? I, I don't know if yeah. that's something from the past or it's current, but yep. I was hoping you could do something similar on here and just talk about, because I know you are active on the, the speaking mm-hmm. circuit and you're, you're very involved in, and, in, uh, this whole, um, marijuana movement, if you will. Definitely. And I just wanted to know if you had, uh, a couple of words on just like the state of legalization nationwide and like you had anything there.
0: Definitely, definitely. And my focus, thankfully, is both na- national and international, too. So even starting international, Uh, You know, with the cannabis catch up, that is the the Sirius XM show still very much doing it uh, every week. It's fun to get on there. And I've called from some crazy places like Spanibus in Barcelona or up (laughs) at the Emerald (laughs) Cup. You know, they they always want to catch up no matter where I am. I think it makes it more fun. But uh, on the international level, you know, a lot of times the conversation comes up in comparison. You know, there's more than just the acronym that Canada and California have in common. Uh, you know, California being a populace of 40 million, at least it's known via uh, census, and then 36 and a half million in Canada. So yep. the population's similar. Granted, they're the second largest country in the world yes. behind Russia. But um, if you look at the populace in some of the challenges that's been going on. So uh, they are having some huge battles uh, with suppressing the black market as well. Uh, that's more so for them tied to uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the government actually has a delivery program up there. So you can yes. order online. And yes. so- yeah. Uh nothing against the Royal Mail, but it's not always mm. the most efficient. So they have a problem with unlike you guys where I could literally, you know, be staying at a hotel down the road and I could get my product in an hour or less, right? Yep. Something up there where it can take one to two weeks. So that's wow. one handicap form. Another is the quality. So we've had more people, you know, I've got my social media manager here in town with me. Uh she hears it all the time on the handles that she manages. You have Canadians that are going on to LP license producer websites and they're actually tagging us and saying you guys need to use Bovida your flowers too dry. Wow. Now part of that is of course to the to the chain of custody, right? So mm-hmm. it's going from the OCS or or the government run uh, operation that is uh, cannabis and going through the mail service sitting in on your doorstep or in your mailbox uh, by the time you're getting it. Yes, the the degradation um I've seen some pictures where it's, it's a key fest. I mean, there's literally like all the trichomes and sugar leaves are sitting at the bottom of an eighth. I'm not talking about an ounce where you expect a a slight bit of shake, a little bit of, of, you know, three to 4%. Um, it's pretty bad. So, uh, it is still keeping the black market alive there. Um, they are figuring things out. I will give them credit at least. They launched flour and they're launching concentrates on the anniversary. So their concentrates are coming out, and specifically um, edibles, oils, and topicals are coming in legalization on 1017, uh, so October of this year. Okay. So I do applaud them for progressively rolling it out because flour is still cane especially in the international market. Um, so that's some craziness going on there. Thailand is another one I got excited about. You know, I um, I, I never stopped working. So Christmas <laughs> is when I got the news <laughs> alert that Thailand announced uh, a medical program. Not a huge country by any means, but uh, I didn't expect Asia to come online for some time. Okay. Which the, I know it's a little ironic, right? Because um, China's course, yeah, the largest yeah, producer yeah. of hemp in the world. They, three, four years ago, only produced 46%. Now – uh, China is responsible for over 70% of hemp production yes, globally, stop. more so textile and industrial. But the fact that Thailand came on board, and then this was the big kicker, New Year's Eve, South Korea mm. comes on board. And South Korea says, re- now, it's not, only a, it's not primary, it's not secondary. It's, it's lower on the chain as far as options uh, for doctors to uh, prescribe. But mm-hmm. the fact that somewhere like South Korea will come on board, it's which amazing. does have a substantial populace, and to support it. Wow. Um, other things, you know, Australia, it's been tough. You know, they have a few territories in several states and uh, it varies, so it's tough going down there because I'm in New South Wales and they're a little more flexible than Queensland, which is more strict, which is way different than South Australia. Uh, so the one thing I think that's gonna get them motivated is of all places, uh, right on the other, I mean, just a, a little island off from them, uh, but New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have this new prime minister, this woman is phenomenal. She's very, in, uh, in the Commonwealth country, she's very forward thinking, very modern in her ideology she's been out there campaigning for pro cannabis and so she's been going to they don't have so much states as i'd say more of counties for comparison but she's going out and and telling them hey this is going to make a huge impact uh, both financially and medically to our society Mm -hmm. and so she's being proactive and supporting it and it's something that's going to come into fruition within the next 12 to 18 months for them so they could actually leapfrog australia now it's a smaller country but it's a huge impact yes, because no you look at the Pan Pacific and um, being that adult use is not legal. And, of course, medical is just just getting off the ground in a few countries in Asia. It's a popular place for them to go on holiday down yep. in New Zealand or Australia. New Zealand to be able to have the beaches and skiing
1: mm-hmm. and cannabis
0: yeah. and great wine. And I, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> kind of sounds like Northern California right, to me. Right. So um, yeah. so that's another one. that's really exciting, too. So those are the kind of things we talk about, in the cannabis catch up. Domestically, uh, Oklahoma is on fire. I mean, Oklahoma really? is just really becoming uh, what I call kind of a keystone state. Okay. Uh, in the, it's, it's still considered the South, surprisingly. So is Texas. Uh, so it's the very edge of the South. And for them to be so forward-thinking and open-minded, uh, the only thing that's a little uh, scary, I'll say, is they're going by way of limitless license, as I call oh. it. So similar to Oregon. I really hope they don't get down and, and do a race to the bottom like Oregon did. Because, I mean, unfortunately, I do have friends that grow up there and they're still selling a dollar a gram for absolute top shelf. Wow. Wow. Absolute top really? shelf. That's block. Wow. Yeah, $450 to wow. $500 for forbidden fruit, animal cookies. I mean, some wow. of these top genetics. And uh, so I am a little fearful for Oklahoma getting to a point of saturation uh, and then maybe seeing a little bit of what we saw. Uh, if you guys remember back in 2015 when a few states sued Colorado, um, that's where I cut my teeth. Uh, getting full force into the industry, but you had uh, Kansas, Wyoming, um, they're all coming after Colorado because of presumptive cannabises crossing borders. I could see that happening with Oklahoma too. I mean, there's okay. a high demand for, I mean, wow. I'm on apps like Doobie, which mm-hmm. is very much an underground kind of Instagram for the mm-hmm. industry. And uh, there's a lot of consumers in Texas, a lot in Tennessee, a lot of Kentucky, and those aren't far drives to Oklahoma, you mm-hmm. know. So I hope they do things right or very cognizant of the impact they make, not just in in their immediate market, yep. but in the markets around.
1: So yeah. what do you, what did you think about Illinois? Because that was there. That was yeah. all through the legislative process. That right? That was that so was, I was a huge. Th- that was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that was very cool because you know New Jersey tried it, uh, but Illinois accomplished it. Right. I thought that was pivotal. Now, we knew that, again, it was a majority equation as far as uh, pro versus con. But the fact that they just said, that's it. We're doing it. I think there's a bit of – we think we leave peer pressure. We were talking about daughter in high school. You know, we always joke around about peer pressure when we're younger. But that's something that continues through our lives. And I think it does – uh, pertains to this industry as well when you look at a state like illinois where you have neighbors that are coming online canada yeah that's same for where our headquarters is in minnesota i mean all of a sudden these neighbor states and countries it's like you guys kind of need to get on get with, with these you know we've got 11 adult youth states in dc we've got 33 states uh with including medical programs so it's it's kind of past the majority i mean we're looking yep. At yep. <laughs> yeah Large amount of favoritism, and we already know it nationally with the stats, right? We're in the 60-plus 60 yeah. per 67 percentile. Just got to keep or leading 90. with education. That's, yes. That's it's all education. That's for us. I love what you guys are doing with this program. I mean, everyone needs to educate. I had a meeting. We do a, a quarterly all-hands meet at my company and was talking about brand ambassadors. I said, all of you are brand ambassadors. You don't mm-hmm. have to be as passionate as I am, but you are a brand ambassador yeah. for our product and for what we do to help but also just the bigger picture of normalizing, you know, what has been so taboo and stigmatized unfortunately over yeah, the years. Yeah. Absolutely. So.
2: We uh, we just brought in, um, I don't know if you, Brother David's, um, mm-hmm. we just brought in yeah. some of his, some of those flowers, and nice. there's a one-to-one, a Harmony Rose, and I, oh. li- just even the box and everything about it, I just put it in the medicine cabinet, right, you just <laughs> knew, it just felt like that's where it belonged, right, right? and that's, I am I am excited, even the conversations we have here, just to help keep normalizing it, yeah. so it doesn't feel yeah. so scary, it's not so scary. No, right? it isn't. Yeah. It's safe
0: in a lot of people just learning about the endocannabinoid system, the fact that we are wired for cannabis. Yes. Speaking to someone far smarter than me who is a chemist, uh, he put it quite nicely in it trying to explain to me um, endocannabinoid system and how it interacts with cannabis versus how our body interacts with ibuprofen uh, or even aspirin. Sure. And uh, I'm a big fan of analogies and metaphors. So I kind of normalized the conversation and said, so you're telling me, With cannabis, it's like Legos and Legos. So this interacts Mm -hmm. and is able to work with my receptors versus playing with Legos and Lincoln Logs (laughs) trying to get. He's like, that's exactly (laughs) it. He's all, he's all your opioid, your you know all these things that oxycodone and and you know all these different things that uh, so many people are getting addicted on. Um, it interacts differently with our body, and that's why we get so many side effects from a lot of Western medicine is because our body's not meant to process uh, synthetic
2: We're made drugs. from Legos.
0: Yes. Not we need leg-in-law. Legos <laughs> to work with Legos. We yeah. need the natural. And it transcends. It gets into, um, even as of late for myself, like turmeric and ginger tea. Mm-hmm. You know, I've yeah. segued from black and herbals, um, mainstream herbals I should say, more into like turmeric and ginger for the antioxidant, for mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory, like they're – Mother Earth has a solution. Yes, that's even where things yes. like aspirin started. Exactly. If we go way back, uh, so this. So that to me is out.
2: where like for me both the bovida fits in right. If you're, mm-hmm. you find a strain that works for you or that helps yeah, your back, absolutely. or and and then maybe you have are lucky enough to be able to buy a few ounces of it yes. or a pound of it. Then how do you keep your medicine? How do you keep this very like, sweet gift?
0: Safe? Yep, and that's yep. why we sponsor a lot. There's uh, a lot of caregivers. Um, Uh, mostly on the West Coast, because this is, again, where a lot of it began, but still reaching out to others where um, when I connect with them, I like sending them a a gift, a care package. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're using it with their, you know, a dozen or even 99 patients. Some of these have large-scale patient groups. And I know we're helping them making a difference. And, again, that's what made me such an advocate is uh, I used it the same exact way you explained. Like I knew that Skittles, that something about that blue diamond within that cross – that it worked for my endocannabinoid system. It helped with the pain. It didn't give me the excessive headache because that's not my primary goal. And so I was like, how can I reserve it's like a lot?
2: Sometimes it's a lock and a key it is. and really, you like, that's how yes, I, think of it. I need that. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. And how do I keep it?
0: Very true. Uh, are
2: you
1: gonna bring uh yeah. Out? Did you, did you want to awesome. talk about this? We, oh, so get I noticed, it. <laughs> I noticed a little, you guys are getting <laughs> t- I noticed a tweet yesterday that I, I wanted to just see if you, you would weigh in on, and it was, you know, Mara Gordon and Steve mm-hmm. D'Angelo Yes. and it was just between that. and let me read this real quick. And I just, I want to get your opinion. So Steve made a tweet that said, there's no such thing as recreational cannabis. Categorizing cannabis as an elective leisure time pursuit ignores basic human biology and millennia of meaningful human interactions. It perpetuates ignorance and reinforces stigma. Cannabis equals wellness product. And then Mara replies, we will have to continue to agree to disagree to this one, Steve. Intentions matter. Medicaid <clears throat> or medicate to remove a problem recreate to create and enhance a condition i was just wondering where you stood on that and what marla you thought a, about that That's
0: an interesting response i applaud her for that uh it's unique you know i've i'm friends with steve uh know marla fairly well but i'd say a little bit closer to steve and, and ed rosenthal and kevin i'd say are probably those a players that i maybe hang with the most if you will um it is an interesting perspective. I mean that's you know we just did an interview with Kevin yesterday and again both of us fall uh, to the side of medical in the fact that it is beneficial uh, a lot of people again just to go back and reference really quick some of the stats at BDS and headset alike pull out that uh, 64% of all consumers that purchase cannabis and this is both on the adult I don't like using the term recreational yep. um but adult use and medical uh, they purchase it for help with sleep. So even if these individuals are using it in a recreational fashion, uh, there's still a beneficial attribute to it uh, if they want to admit to it or not. Unfortunately, if you look at the flip side with alcohol, there's people that do self-medicate with alcohol as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a term that a lot of people aren't comfortable with because they associate medicating with medicine. But when someone says, I need a glass of wine or two to unwind, I need a glass of wine or two to sleep, um, when you know if you know the human body, and this is where I agree with Steve, the way that our body is designed, alcohol actually inhibits the REM cycle yep. of our sleeping. So you're always kind of on this edge of never quite that that full relaxation of sleep. So um, I don't know. I will say that I understand both sides. And I couldn't necessarily side with one. I love right, Steve right. and I respect yeah. Mara. You know, it's but. interesting
2: because I I have no... Place to stand on any of this in yeah. some ways. I am not a physician. I am not a researcher. I do not own an empire. But I've been sitting on a desk mm-hmm. for over th- for three years now talking to people at the level. And I do as much research as I can. I, yeah. do, I, f- I think Mara Gordon is brilliant and her product is brilliant. We're super proud to be carrying her, yeah. um, the Aunt Zelda. Um,
0: it's a great line. And, yeah, and
2: and And she gave this amazing... Uh, TED Talk and talked about the whole plant medicine and and likened it to a chocolate, the analogy of a chocolate cake, right? A mm-hmm. chocolate cake is this extraordinary thing, but a chocolate cake is made from eggs and flour and butter and whatever, and you wouldn't want to take, one of those things mm-hmm. is not the same as a chocolate cake. They are sep- differently different separately. However, comma, I don't know Steve D'Angelo De- except for like on TV, but in this in this scenario, I, I mean, I have a member who uses what a lot of people would consider, you know, that distillate, high THC, eighty-five oh, percent plus, <laughs> more, more than that, <laughs> yeah, and it's helping her kick her opioid addiction. Yeah, you so need to. So and honestly, you need that to. That we, I, I like promise to keep this in stock for yeah. her, and it's yeah. just a regular, maybe what you would think of the adult use market product. Mm-hmm. So to me. Oh, we have to be a little softer with the lines here. And I, I agree. Her medicine is extraordinary. And yeah. when people are using it, it's amazing. And if people are getting relief from other places, can we not, like, does it have to be so separate? I don't know. Yeah.
0: And I think it, it kind of bridges into two, where it could be a mental or physical. A conversation as well because that's again where if you look at uh, there's a website I'll, I'll send you all the link uh, that actually has hyperlinks to studies that go back to 1970 and they kind of tapered off of course uh, thanks Daryl Gates for the DARE program in <laughs> 1980s and Nancy Reagan oh. for promoting fried eggs in a pan God, uh, so it did kind of taper off in the 80s and 90s because these were all private studies there was no really limited public studies, uh, but a lot of the studies that do go specifically to PTSD, not just epileptic and grand mal seizures and oh. all the things that really motivated me uh, to come out of the green closet, we'll say, yep. uh, when I was in Colorado, but... Um, It affects both sides, and I think the uh, countering uh, opioid addiction is one of those elements, to your point. I mean, Mm -hmm. you need some high level, and people never understood that. When we had 1,000-milligram chocolate bars, uh, I would joke, not joke, but I I would tease a little bit in certain uh, speakings because I'd say this is where it is a difference between medical and adult because how many times, if looking at it from a recreational consumption standpoint— how many times do you take one bite from a Hershey bar? How many times right. do you take, you know what I mean, one bite of chocolate cake?
1: Mm-hmm. If someone
0: puts a cake, or in uh, you guys can tell I don't miss a meal. If, if someone gives me a Hershey's <laughs> bar, I'm eating the whole thing, you know? So that's where we do have to delineate. It's a little bit of church and state. Uh, but having said that, um, again, they have to go hand in hand. And that's where some of us got a little put out when certain states like Colorado still has a medical and adult use program. Yep. I applauded them for respecting the fact that we didn't use medical as a gateway or an yeah. excuse to get into adult use. But then you look at Washington state that just totally put the whole program on its ear. And it it's almost like a, Oh, you got your way. Now everyone can consume cannabis. Now we're going to put less focus on medical. No, that's not how there's people that really sincerely need this. And when you meet the children in the lives that it's affected or the cancer survivors like myself and their lives and how they've been affected, you can't discredit the fact that this, first and foremost, is medical. The other benefits are great, you know?
1: So that's an interesting... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't
0: think I'll be replying to that tweet, though. <laughs> I'm glad I'm yeah, more of an Instagram yeah. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: <laughs> well, um, we're getting towards the end here, and I just I had one more question for sure. you. And um, I wanted to know, if, if you could broadcast a message that would be seen by people who have never consumed cannabis and still think it's dangerous, what would that message be, and why? My gosh. It would be... Um,
0: one thing that i kind of live by there's several mantras and i promise to write a book i, I write articles here and there but i really want to write a few books one of them um, is to kind of share all the mantras i live by but one thing i always say is that the day you stop learning is the day you stop living so people that close their mind, um, they also are subsequently closing their eyes to things that they never saw before um, and just because it's what you've known is not necessarily what it is um, another expression i often use is you know you can't live life driving in the rear view mirrors. There's a reason why the windscreen's bigger. We need to look forward <laughs> and where we're going and what opportunities ahead of us. Um, and respect the past. Yep. I respect that uh, You know, the D.A.R.E. program seemed like a good idea. But I, I do knock it. And, and it I left a heavy
2: impression, for sure. Yes,
0: it very much did. Yeah. I still I would have known what cannabis smelled like if it weren't for the D.A.R.E. program. Is that not sad? That, is, that I was too young to even be learning about drugs, yeah. and the D.A.R.E. program introduced me to these mm-hmm. things. Yep. So I'm actually offended by how it affected me. But having said that, um, unfortunately, you can't trust everything you hear. So you need to be open-minded. You need to keep your eyes and your mind open to the fact that what you've known all this time might not be right. Uh, and again, there is so many hypotheses, still even talking about the gateway, you still hear politicians, mm-hmm. I, I know they're a little bit older, they're seasoned, they're a different generation, but when they're still talking about cannabis as a gateway drug, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, please, really, yeah. it's, it's, and it, it, we, we get into arguments too, I mean, um, Dr. Drew, he says, you know, it's very addictive because it, it affects um, the same receptors as opioid and other things do to our body, and um, but then we learned, being a criminal justice major, I learned is habitual, not addictive, like opioids and methamphetamines and such. So uh, there's so many things that we're still figuring out, we're still understanding, but just be open. And all it takes is that one connection to that one person. You talked about the conversations you have. I've had more conversations with flight attendants and mm-hmm. Uber drivers and hotel receptionists in my travel, because I don't push it. I don't, I don't. if people ask, I'll tell. But if I'm traveling, I say oh, I'm in town for a convention. If they ask what for, I'm gonna tell them. Yep. And the next question is usually followed by, well, I've got this pain, or I have problems sleeping, uh-huh. or my grandma yeah. this, or my brother that. Sure. And it's interesting because I've had more of those conversations, and that's where I feel like I'm making a difference, is the education. I'm fortunate to be at the company that lets me be as vocal yep. um, and as transparent as I am. But that's what I tell people, is just be open. Just open your eyes and your mind to the fact that what you know might not
1: necessarily be what yeah. it is. You
2: may not know the, everything.
0: Correct. About it.
1: <laughs> very true. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great answer. Well, um, before we go, is there, is there a place that we can find you? Is there anything like that? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I'm not very – my social media manager is more so active than I am, but uh, 805 Lance, I'm always trying to post up where and what and when. Uh, I have a few shots. I'm posting up from uh, the tour up in, in Humboldt. Uh, as far as the next stop, I'll be in NCIA in San Jose. So anyone in the industry always love to catch up. Matter of fact, we'll there. have Andrew D'Angelo at our booth tomorrow doing an interview with him. <laughs> uh, so NCIA and then uh, international, going over to England for the Autopot uh, Summer Social, which is a trade uh, trade show event out there, and then going to a Product Earth Expo, which is a very good cool. kind of similar to emerald cup minus all the cannabis uh so you have a lot of the culture mm-hmm. um, a lot of the uh, companies from the industry that come out for that so that will be my next stop international
2: interesting so, cool yeah it's really time. nice to have you it was yeah it's great, it was you great you so to much. finally get
0: up here i mean it was uh you could tell i was very excited
1: we uh, were excited to come to home you. <laughs> yeah, yeah right we, yeah and <laughs> we when we met you Lina. in november and that yeah. that's when this podcast idea came to fruition and it was uh I don't, I've, I've wanted to interview ever since so yeah. i'm i'm Grateful you came by. Thank you. And yeah, we've been saying so. Bovida ever since. Boveda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Spreading the good word. Well, come hang out with us again in Vegas. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to episode 11 with Lance Lambert from Bovida Inc.com. To learn more, go to niceguysdelivery.com forward slash blog forward slash Bovida Inc. And before I let you go, I'd like to encourage you guys to check out the Bovida podcast, which is called Cultivate. Big thanks to Colleen, my co-host, I couldn't do this show without you, Uh, BC couldn't do this show without you, and the rest of the Nice Guys team. If you guys want to be extra kind, be the ultimate nice guys and gals, subscribe to our podcast, but then go to the CaliforniaCannabisAwards.com and vote for us, because we've been nominated as one of the California's best cannabis delivery services in the state. So your vote would be greatly appreciated and I believe voting ends September 20th and the awards are on the 21st of September. So uh, there's still a little bit of time, but if you would, subscribe to our podcast and then go and vote for us. Thank you guys. We very much appreciate you. Take care.